Have you been arguing with your sacred beloved partner a lot more about money lately? Well, if that's the case, you're not in the boat alone. I mean, look, when inflation starts heating up and everything costs more, it's easy for us to feel oppressed and that, you know, frustrated and stressed out. And of course, you know, when we're with a partner, it's hard to eliminate the stress and, and meet when a place of love, particularly if it doesn't feel like there are solutions. So I'm bringing in relationship expert Alana Pratt to talk about the relationship side of the solutions. And of course, you know that what I provide are the money side of the solutions. There are solutions for our money challenges. And when we get those, we have less to argue about and more love. It doesn't mean that there's more love to give. It just means that we can take that stress out of the relationship. And let's face it, if it is stressful, it is something that could impact in a negative way. So stay tuned for Alana Pratt on all sorts of great tips to learn about how we can fix our money issues in our relationship. And of course, I might be chiming in on money solutions, but if you, if I don't, because I want to give her the platform, but if I don't talk a lot about the money solutions, reach out nataliepace.com, info at nataliepace.com. Join us for our next retreat. Get that free four-part webinar that you can access immediately as soon as you register. And we'll see you shortly. All right, gang. So as I already told you, we are very blessed to have Alana Pratt with us, and she is a relationship expert. So Alana, are you seeing more stress around money these days with rising inflation, or what are you seeing in your practice? Yeah, there's a real scarcity mindset coming in with gas prices, inflation, and it's on top of two years of pandemic, which also brought up more fears. So what I'm finding with a lot of my clients, with a lot of couples that are coming to me, is that the bickering is at an all-time high, but that's on the outside. That's what's really what's going on on the inside is fear. They're afraid. And when we source our sense of safety and worth from the outside in, circumstances, money in the bank, you know, yeah. approval from others outside in, uh, safety outside in, we were empty on the inside, terrified on the inside. We close our hearts and then we lash out at the ones we love the most. And that's common, you know, and it's interesting because we see, you know, higher divorce rates, these kinds of things when we enter these financial times that are hard, whether it's high inflation or recessions. Hang on. Uh, sorry, that's background noise. It's that's okay. Life. <laughs> city but, um, life with your beautiful background on your zoom i love it <laughs> I'll, I'll be there in september this is nice. my it's an english countryside that i love but um okay so back to you so how are you um working with couples to help them release their fear because you know when you're thinking about trying to balance your budget or pay your mortgage or you're behind on bills that's, it's hard not to notice that the outside is raining on your inside, you know? <laughs> no, it's absolutely true. So the first step would really be just acknowledgement that you're doing your best in a really difficult time, self-compassion, 
right? Not trying to operate on top of it. I often call it sprinkles on top of the ice cream cone of crap. You know, we don't want to pretend we're fine when we're not. So slow down, take some time to acknowledge how you're feeling and whether you like to meditate to feel better, go to the gym to feel better, have a good cry to feel better, journal to feel better, something you've got to start with yourself. The inside creates the outside. That would be number one. Number two, there's a little you on the inside who is the one who's really afraid. Okay. And so how do we talk to ourselves? Do we ignore ourselves, avoid ourselves? Do we have compassion for ourselves? Do we criticize ourselves? You should have done this because here's the thing. If we criticize ourselves, we're going to criticize our partner. If we avoid ourselves, we're going to avoid our partner. However, we have this intimate relationship with ourselves will be projected on the outside to how we interact with our partner. That's number one. But number two, what is our relationship with money? Where have Mm. you been lately? right? That's another intimate relationship with money. So do we avoid money or do we criticize money or do we appreciate money? So it's about a relationship with ourselves, a relationship with our partner and a relationship with money. So again, inside creates the outside, slow down, feel your feelings, integrate your fears, come into relationship with yourself, your spouse and your money, and then have a totally different perspective about money. Money's on your team. It's not against you. And when you honor it, appreciate it, manage it, get curious about it, talk to it, have a look at it, come into relationship with it, appreciate it, you'd be amazed that the money situation gets better because who you're being with money has risen in vibration. Does that make sense? Yes. As a person that can very solution action girl oriented, that's my whole business though. I I figure that you part of your relationship with money and I'm sure you're going to agree with this, is getting to know what works, right? Like you teach what works in a relationship with a partner. I teach what works with relationship with money, you know? And interesting now, I'm going to pivot into something else that you said, because I I got into this business because I was on the, um, I was doing this nonprofit thing at a school in Santa Monica, and I was making money in the stock market when most people were losing money in the dot-com recession. And after they hit rock bottom, a bunch of these women who are very wealthy came to me and said, "Um, we we want you to teach us what you know, because our husbands and our brokers lost all our money. And almost every one of them said it in that way. Our husbands, our brokers lost all our money. And I said, well, I want to say, you know, A, I'm not sure if it's a system yet, but let's try. That will help me if I have to systemize it. But B nobody loses anything of yours without your permission, maybe as a child, but not an adult. Right. So let's talk to that a little bit about the blame game and taking ownership. And again, you you know, I know you have a lot to talk about here. (laughs) (laughs) No, I really love this, Natalie, that we're on the same page. If we're going to be victims of our circumstances, right? Blame others. Oh, it's my husband. It's my, it's my stockbroker. We have to be honest with ourselves and say, I was too afraid to learn, ask questions, speak up, be involved, learn and take ownership of my finances. And I understand that that was my first marriage. Okay. <laughs> so, so great compassion because yeah. we want to look good. We don't want to fail. We don't want to get hurt. We don't want to yeah. you know, rock the boat. There's a lot of reasons. And this has to do with upbringing of how we actually be in our relationship with our spouse and with our money. 
And so again, yeah. it all comes back to that center relationship with ourself, that little you inside who feels stupid and doesn't know how to ask mm. questions about money or feels mm. insecure or afraid to not be judged or be yelled at or get into yeah. a conflict. It's all the inside creates the outside again. So all the more reason now for couples that are, or singles who are, are having fear around money. And this is science too. You probably agree with me here as well. When our heart is closed, I've had the honor of speaking at the annual heart math conference. And when our hearts are closed, we are not coherent, which means the best of our brain turns off yeah. And we only do fight or flight or freeze or fawn, which means really crappy decisions about money, reactionary yeah. versus responsive. Additionally, yeah. when our heart is closed, we can't have the energy go down either into our gut, our intuition, our instincts. Yeah. It just feels off. We'll do the research and figure out why, but we can trust ourselves or not based on a heart that's open or closed. So when we yeah. close our heart to ourself in shame or fear or blame or avoid ourselves or criticize ourselves, we're really screwing up our money as well. And yeah. so this is, this is the, the go back to the beginning that we need to do with, um, with ourselves. Now I want to speak just real briefly to that. Um, I always call it the ABCs of money that we all should have received in high school. And yeah. I'm amazed at how even this is something I a message I want to get out to everybody. I know women who are CEOs of billionaire corporations who turned the management of the household money and the investing to their husbands who were not nearly as sophisticated around money. So all of us do this, whether it's around, I mean, not all of us, obviously I'm not doing that, but um, you know, we do it at some point in our life until we get uh, understand how easy it is once we set things in motion. Like there are certain things in life that are the way life is, but we don't realize that we can change those great paradigms. Yes. And then the way life is, is so much more beautiful. But I want to know how you, you deal with breaking through the fear mm. of, you know, cause a lot of people are, they're like, oh, I don't have the time. I don't need an extra job. I'm not sure I can understand it. It's so complicated. I watch CNBC. I, I do read the wall street journal page by page every mm. single day, you know, and they say all these things and then it doesn't add up to a different you know, result. like a relationship with money that yeah. is empowering them instead of feeling like it's oppressing them. So what do you do yeah. to help them break through that all? Because a lot of that is self-talk if I'm totally. right. Yes. Yes. Um, couple things there. I love what you're saying. Only 5% of our mind is conscious. Okay. So we can talk a good game, even say affirmations, but 95 ish percent is unconscious subconscious. What's running the show. Isn't even what you're aware of. We can call it a blind spot. So when mm. we read the newspaper, when we watch CNBC, when we do all the things yes. mind, the reason why it's not making an impact or shifting your relationship or the way you feel in the face of a circumstance is because we're only dealing with 5% of the show. 95% mm. of the show is still freaking out. So that's why intimacy to me is the most fundamental building block of our self-realization monetarily, mm. financially, spiritually, emotionally, parentally, socially, romantically, sexually, the core of it all is this intimate relationship with ourself. It's a very good mm -hmm. return on investment when you're willing to go to- Ooh, la, la. 
yeah, yeah. With, this, uh, with this relationship. And so two things on the inside, we've got the, the, the one who deals with money, the little you who deals with money. And we've got the really little one who's just afraid to just be on the planet. Okay. That one, when the circumstances are off. So your job first and foremost is with yourself say to, in your mind's eye, this is science image, thought, emotion, body sensation to create true lasting transformation. We need all four elements to shift. So you want to see in your mind's eye, little you, you want to speak to little you, you want to feel the feelings along with little you, you don't want to go, no, 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 don't be afraid because that's going to make it worse. We want compassion. So we want to feel in our bodies, body sensation. Okay. You're afraid. I'm going to breathe with you in for five out for five. Okay. You, and then we want to acknowledge you have every right to feel this way because you know what? I've left you alone for decades. I haven't talked to you. I haven't spent any time in my heart. I haven't been acknowledging you or, or validating that you have every right to feel this way. Cause nobody taught you about money in high school. You watch something, how mom and or dad college. did college or college. Yeah. Or you're just doing <laughs> what you learned. So, so acknowledgement of this part inside of us, that's afraid you have every right to feel this way. And I will not forsake you again. I will mm. not perfect, but I will Love not abandon you again. I will not criticize you for being afraid again. I will not judge you for not knowing the answers, uh, all of this. Um, and so little you on the inside. Oh, good. Thank you. You're you, you've got my back. Yeah. In the face of anything, I've got your back. What if the situations aren't great? Well, together we'll handle it. I won't mm. reject you. Even if the world does. Okay. That relationship Oh, the whole central nervous system calms down. Oh, the heart can be measured as being open and coherent. Oh, the best of the brain comes on for creative thinking. Oh, the intuition of who they'd like to learn from, like you, Natalie, about money. All of these come in alignment. We turn on to be aligned as our best self. Mm-hmm. We could say and our body, body, mind, and spirit are in alignment. And let's talk about that real briefly. And then I want to go into um, you know, how the dynamic works in relationships and also for people who are looking to attract that life partner in these kind of troubled times. So the first thing I want to say is what I was really resonating with too, is this idea that when you are your best self, when you are in alignment and you're the soulmate that you want to attract, guess what happens, right? Or like you were saying as well, when you are acknowledging that you don't understand something and that makes you afraid, and the more that you open up your heart about the truth of the matter and ask and call in, then the less you're going to be preyed, like fear gets preyed on by predators. There's a lot of financial predation out there. And if you're fearful and you just wanna do a Hail Mary, you're most likely gonna end up with a predator. But if you're open and you are eyes wide open and truly calling in a master of the light rather than a predator, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to see it, right? Vision is. Yes. It's all energy. It's all you're, you're attracting it. You can't attract anything higher than your own vibration. It's not scientifically possible. So you're you're spot on, spot on there. So we talked about the internal relationship we have with ourselves to calm ourselves down, which raises our vibration into making the best decisions. And as you very rightly said, attract a like-minded, like-hearted partner who's also slowed down to feel their feelings and not judge themselves. So they're not going to judge you. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So we want another mm-hmm. person that knows how to treat themselves with compassion and kindness and straight talk. We still want to be right. you know, sovereign, you know, have agency, but with kindness. 
not with cruelty. So you can only attract that kind of human if you are vibrating and behaving and being that kind of human yourself. So that's when we tie in the whole uh, love and, and money conversation. And you want someone that can tell the truth. I remember mm. one of my husbands didn't let me know about a lot of debt that they were in, right? Yeah. Well, what was I hiding? If I had attracted that, what was I hiding? All my shame that I didn't know what the hell I was doing with money. I just somehow manifested mm. a lot of it. And then I lost a lot of it. And I'm like, okay, so that didn't work. Let's actually figure this out. And yes. I just, I was lucky. I just made some, I am pretty connected to my intuition. So I just followed my intuition and made some decisions, but I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to manage it well. I didn't know how to save it well. I didn't know all of that. And look who I attracted. Mm-hmm. So the inside again, creates the outside. So the second relationship, the first one being with our little you inside so that we can be authentic, brave, and vulnerable and attract somebody the same. But also we want to have a a love affair with money. Think about right now, if money was a persona. I remember the first time, Natalie, I did this. Mine was a guy and his back was to me and he had nothing to do with me. (laughs) Oh, well, great. (laughs) Right. So I said, okay, well, we got to change that. So I ended up firing him and I used, I I let money become this beautiful multi-armed goddess um, who was compassionate and very wise Mm -hmm. and taught me a lot of things. And I could speak to money in a way that it was more like a friendship, more like an ally, Mm -hmm. more like, hi money, I appreciate you. Tell me how to manage you better. Please forgive me for not (laughs) managing you well. Please forgive me for taking advantage of you. And just assuming you'd be there without the love and care that you require to be invested and saved and grown and budgeted. And then I literally, this is dorky, but this is what I do because I'm a little out there. I literally started having money dates once a week. I would put on a dress and the lipstick. I even the stilettos, Natalie. I got dolled up to be with money. I honored mm-hmm. money. I made a special date because I couldn't even open my account on the computer without breaking into a sweat. Like I was oh, so scared. Interesting. I had to change the whole energy, the whole persona, the whole point of view, because our point of view creates our reality, right? That's another quantum physics law. Our point of yeah. view creates our reality. If we think money's bad, it is. If we say, where have you been lately, money? And so it is, right? Well, or- actually, what I would say is that's our perception of it, right? We Ooh. think money's bad. So I, that's what we're saying. Like for me, I think the universal essence of money is actually gratitude. And, and think about it for a moment. This is not some airy fairy concept I came up with. I was just trying to take it down to its essence because, you know, I mentor girls in Kenya. They have very little money. But with what we're able to say, time and talent are a currency, mm-hmm. right? So when you think about it, Money is actually a way of giving someone a magic token of your gratitude. Like your housekeeper comes, they clean your house. You don't want to go clean their house, right? So you give them a magic token of gratitude, which can be dollars, or it could be um, one time I, you know, I mean, I gave her dollars too, but I helped her to write the scholarship essay for her kids to go to college. You know, it can be a lot of things, time and talent, right? So, um, and I took it back to the cave. I said, imagine the first time and there's this, you know, this family in a cave and their daughter's dying. They tried everything and they race to the next village and they bring back the medicine woman and she cures and saves their daughter. And what do they give her? They don't, they don't have money. They, you know, maybe what the mother does is bake bread or the father brings meat and daily this woman that is the medicine woman who can be the healer can now eat and doesn't have to focus on it. So when we, 
I think when we up level, I think that what you're saying is awesome, that the first thing you have to do is to be friends with money. But when you go to money's essence of what it really is, boy, does the universe open up to you. Oh, this is so beautiful. We're totally on the same page. So you're, you're speaking of this relationship with money uh, of appreciation and gratitude, because this is also science that all of life is equal pain and pleasure, challenge and support up and down night and day. We have this duality when we're in fear, we're only seeing half we're seeing, you know, the bills that aren't mm -hmm. we're seeing the account, not the way it is, but that's only half of reality. The other half of reality is real too, which is probably there's food in the cupboard. There's probably food in the fridge. There's probably a roof over your head. There's probably beauty all around you of things you've purchased or art, beauty outside in nature. There's probably all sorts of people that love you and support you. There's probably an abundance of beauty, love, support, and nourishment everywhere you look, if you're willing to look on the other side. And so the and things that are that are priceless, right? Oh, right. yes. Thank you. Price. Exactly. <laughs> so that's one thing that we can notice. Remember I said image, thought, emotion, body, sensation. So first with fear, no, acknowledge what's Nothing. true. That's fine. Yeah. It's, it's a rough time. And acknowledge what else is true, which is all of the priceless abundance everywhere of what you have. And then take it out of the vision and the thinking into the body. Feel compassion for the part of you that's scared and gratitude for all that you have. And that in, in your body will change your resonance, your vibration, and allow you to make wise decisions while simultaneously feeling grateful and held and thankful of the life that we have. Then you'll attract like people to work with, uh, to mentor you, to be to date, to be in relationship with. And it'll become very clear, very fast, because this is going to take uh, work. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take it like, this is your morning practice. This is your prayer before you go to bed at night. This isn't just going to happen because the whole society is a soup that we're living in. That's basically only focused on the fear part, right? Yeah. And so the material part, the material part. So it's going to take something to cultivate this on a regular basis. So uh, once you're in that happy place, aligned place, grateful place, seeing rightly place, you want to be around other people that are of the same vibration. So we have each other's back on those days when we get a little scared or we get a little down or we lose our faith. So community, I don't know your business structure, but if you have a community where they can grow together, that's what I have in my coaching practice. I do private, but I also do group and I do a lot of content out there so that we can feed and nourish ourselves to keep this vibration high. It really comes down yeah. to uh, this communication inside of our and with each other. All right, so I have, a, we can really go on on this one and this is really important. Before I want to address it real quickly. So this image in the background is of uh, high growth in England, but I just put down the down payment for our brain trust to go to Restormal Castle, a Royal Manor House in England in March. So yes, absolutely. Like first they be enter as beginners and then as they, if they want to join our community and they move up the ladder, we have a brain trust and yes, we're there because you're right. Everybody does. But what happens? And it sounds like I, I have been married twice as well. And I'm currently single by choice. Um, but I want to say, what about, and a lot of my friends have long-term marriages. Yes. So I, I do get to intimately see the commitment that is required for a long-term relationship as well. Now, 
What if you're listening to Alana Pratt and you're saying, okay, I'm ready to address this. I'm ready to meditate, to get to know myself, to fall in love with the other half that I haven't been looking at enough, but my partner is so angry. Mm. And, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, I should just fix that person. If I fix them, then the whole relationship is going to be better. I, when I, in my relationships, when I would start doing that, um, thankfully either God in meditation or maybe a friend said, just do something for yourself. Mm. And that changes the relationship. So I'm wondering how you work with people that are already in a relationship with someone they do believe is their sacred beloved. Mm -hmm. And in many, you know, maybe has been for many years, but money brings out the worst in them. And, and this is real, right? You can't Mm -hmm. fix it for them. So how do you counsel the person, whether it's male or female, that's ready to start uplifting their life Mm -hmm. in the relationship and maybe in the home and maybe even Mm co-parenting, um, with an, with someone who's not. Yeah. If, so if both people are willing to do the work, when I work with couples, I do a session for her, a session for him, a session for the couple. And I keep doing it that way because we are, it's fun to blame the other person so easy, but really they're just a catalyst for our own unhealed wounds that are repelling love and money. And so we want to take full ownership in a private session, a private session. And then you're like, Oh my God, I need to apologize. I've been blaming them for everything that they've been triggering, but it's really my stuff. By the time we get to the couple session, we've, we have 10 times more um, breakthroughs because they've been able to own their own stuff and come home to them. So that structure of coaching, I believe has a lot better, better results in terms of somebody that the other person doesn't want to do counseling. When yeah, you, which can happen, right? Oh, it's quite, it's quite common actually. Um, so this is a scale but one side of the scale changes, the other side has to change. And so the worst thing is to be blamed. The worst thing is to be accused. So when that stops and you just shut the F up and you just take full ownership of yourself and you fall madly in love with yourself and you take ownership and you forgive yourself or you forgive your past, you're just a happier human. And they feel it as spaciousness. Wow, they're not on my butt all the time. Wow, they're not harping on me all the time. Wow, they're giving me freedom. Oh, this feels kind of nice. And then that's step one. Step two is, wow, they're actually really nice and happy and more confident and more fulfilled and making healthy decisions. And and so that inspires them to Mm. then go, I mean, maybe they won't quite have the ability to say, so what are you doing? Share with me. But they'll do something to match you. Nobody who's in a committed relationship really wants to be left behind, but before they're willing to step up, we have to step back and allow them and, and see them with grace that it would be impossible for two, unless we're robots to both grow at the same time together all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So to have the foresight of going, okay, sometimes they'll be ahead and I'm going to have to stop hiding or blaming and I'm, I'm going to have to step up. And sometimes it's going to be the opposite, right? Right. So we, if we know that as a context ahead of time, that it's not get married and live happily ever after and never do the work. It's not like that. It's there's going to be times. And so we can give the other grace and space because at times they've maybe had to do that for us. Give us grace. and Maybe it's not around money. Maybe it's around health or maybe it's around relationship with the kids or what it is. So like this and do your own work and, and just, and this is hard, but just focus on the good. 
do your own work and focus on the good. Give them space, focus on what they are doing well. So their experience of you is no more blame and appreciation. That's going to do a lot to inspire them to take action if you can't actually do the work together. And then lastly, a really great practice. I believe um, that soul, it's just semantics, but this is how I say it. Soulmates, you complete me. I need you for my safety. I need you for my approval. Mm-hmm. And if you change, I'm going to control you. So that was yeah. my two practices. Okay. Whole mates, we call it in my company, heart mates, because of the science of the heart, but whole mates or heart mates are two, not perfect, but two whole people that take full responsibility for their own evolution and from their best self, not just one and one is two, one and one is infinity because you literally awaken the best in one another. You literally Mm. see through the eyes of the divine at each other. I often do this on coaching calls. We have group coaching calls where singles and couples show up every week. Got two of them today. Um, And if they're at each other, I go, okay, put the eyes on of the crunchiest, nastiest, bitchiest person ever and look at your partner. What do you see? And they're like, no, no, no. I go, got it. Take those glasses off. Put on the glasses of the divine. Look at your partner through the eyes of the divine. Generally, they start crying instantly. Mm. And then who do you see? Now that's a choice. We talked about perception earlier, your point right. of view, your reality. We all have a choice in this. And so right. once a week, I encourage people, we have what's called heartmates. There's heartmates for singles and heartmates for couples. And everybody does conscious connection calls every single week. And we come together to learn how to communicate in a healthy way and look at each other through the eyes of the divine. And the way these structured conversations go, I can't explain all the details, but in general, you ask a question, the person responds, and all you say is, thank you. And thank you does not mean you even agree. It just means I heard you. So communication mm. no longer goes into who's going to win and I'm going to dominate and be superior and be right. It, it, we, right. We, now communication is about seeking understanding, which creates safety and connection, intimacy, right. my whole job, right? So when they're talking about first, tell me something you like about me, your eyebrows. Thank you. Like if that's all you could come up with, start there. Okay. But it'd be like, oh, thank you that we're actually having these conversations. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. Back and forth. Then tell me something you think we're aligned on. Conflict happens when it's who wins and who loses. But what if you're on the same team, right? Looking together out at the horizon. What is it that we align on? We like hamburgers. Thank you. But soon you'll get to, we actually want to create the healthiest relationship and thrive together. Thank you. So we've got affinity, we've got alignment. And then the third question is the one that's been causing the, the problems. So maybe it's tell me something about you and our financial situation. Tell me something about you and money. Tell me something about you and savings. Tell me something about you and investments. Tell me something about you and the Joneses, like whatever it is. And you can, of course, as this goes on, obviously, because I'm around relationships and intimacy, tell me something about you and sex. Tell me something about yeah. you and I and our communication. Tell me a way you like to be loved. Oh my God, that can change a marriage right there. I've had people that have been married 28 years. They've never heard each other ever in 28 years. I'm like, how is that possible? Because all they wanted to do is win. That was it. And Mm. I sat them down and I did this dyad with them. And all of a sudden they both realized that their main priority was family. They were actually on the same page, but they'd been fighting for 28 friggin' years about this. Yeah. Anyways, communication is, is key. Effective communication is key. And I want to honor, you know, I get people that um, that come to me with uh, money issues that could cause problems in their marriage. Yes. You were 
transparent and brave enough to share with us that when I believe your first husband had a massive amount of debt that was hidden from you, right? Second. So first one second. was really, really rich, but, <laughs> but yes, yes. Thank you. Okay. So, um, did that marriage end? And if you're willing to give us a little bit about that journey, because, um, you know, I'm not the relationship expert. If somebody asks me anything about marriage, I say, I've been divorced twice and I'm single by choice. I'm not going to give you relationship mm -hmm. uh, counsel. I'll give you money counsel all day long. That is something I understand. But, mm -hmm. um, so I would send them to someone like you, but what do you say to, um, there's, there are real situations that arise around money. Fear can create abuse. It can create lying. It can create secrets. It can create um, foreclosures. It can create a lot of things, right? Yes. So if you're brave enough to delve a little bit into your history, both what happened maybe and, and what you, I mean, I would assume that it was a positive. I am, sometimes there is a way to fix a very broken relationship, I would guess. Um, I'm not good at that, but I would just love to hear anything that you might have to say about this when the, the level of conflict becomes toxic. Yeah, thank you. So I'm not a marriage expert either. I am an intimacy expert though, because that's what I learned from my two divorces. The first one very quickly, I was very much damsel in distress. He was older. He was wealthy. I didn't believe I could create wealth on my own. That's the truth. I'd never done it. I was very young. And this seemed like no one else uh, is going to love me. Certainly not this rich. Right. And so I just zipped all my insecurities and just went into it. Didn't ask any of the questions about where the money was, signed the prenup and had no power, no control and lived in a lot of fear. And in the end, when I left that relationship, I got nothing from him. I had my own savings and I started over. The lesson was though, who made that decision to marry him? The insecure damsel in distress looking to be saved. So what I did was I grew, not all the way, but I grew at least into the boss woman, badass woman, like masculine yeah. energy, not in my heart, oh. not in my receptivity, not in my softness. I'm going to be in control. And, and so I didn't want to do what I did before, which was sign a prenup the day before my marriage. So I didn't get him to sign one and I had to pay him a lot of money. And uh, so I didn't, again, have the courage yeah. to ask all the questions about the debt. But here's what happened with the second one. Again, we create our lives, not to judge ourselves, but to take ownership. My mom, yes. was, dying. My mom was dying of cancer and everybody had somebody. And I didn't. And I thought, well, you know, a man is a plan, a man and a baby. And then I can replace this relationship. All it was all the 5% of my head making all that decision. None mm -hmm. of the closed heart in my body. So that closed heart attracted a closed heart. The manipulation of a man is a plan so that I can just get through the death of my mother was met with his manipulation of as soon as our child was born, he quit. And then I discovered he was in debt. And then it really went into a 12 year custody battle. Yeah. So, and I take full ownership of who I was being when I made that decision. I met another version of my own unconsciousness and unhealed wounds and suppressed anger at myself that I didn't know better. I attracted an angry man. So in relationships, when it gets abusive, 
there's, there's, we don't, we don't stay in those. We don't stay in those. We, we hope to be able to have a foundation of communication and agreements about money, about sex, about communication, about all these things. But if we did our best as I did, as many of us do, and we get to a place where it's unworkable, it's abusive and unworkable. You can say thank you, but no thank you. And you can leave and you ask for help and you do the inner work to forgive yourself because you did do your best. We all do our best. My ex-husbands did their best. We've all done our best, Kate. But I'm interested in somebody who can own it. This is where I effed up. Here's how I've cleaned it up. How can I make up for the damage done? Because within a relationship, when I work with a couple and stuff's gone down, gambling, didn't share, whatever. Okay, are you willing to own it and not blame? Are you willing to heal from it, clean up your mess and create new agreements? Then we can make this work, people. But if you're not- exactly. If you're not, then I thank you, I bless you, I release you, and I move on. And from my second marriage, I lost the house. I lost my savings. I went into a quarter of a million legal debt in that 12-year custody battle. So it got pretty ugly for a while. But when I started to do this intimate relationship with myself, started to go, the one I was really seeking all this time was me. Started to appreciate myself, forgive myself, have compassion for myself, and believe in myself and have my own back. I got out of debt. My business began to thrive. I became this safe person to talk to about taboo, shameful things. They're not taboo or shameful unless we call them that. They're just you doing your best, still operating out of those unhealed wounds from childhood. We're going to heal them, resolve them, and become your best self, and then attract a healthier partner in a, in a person and a healthier relationship with money. And all of a sudden, you drop the COVID-20 easy. All of a sudden you have a better relationship with your body, like all the areas of your life up level, because you've been willing to slow down, feel and heal the most core relationship of all, which is your intimate relationship with yourself. I love it. Okay. So I think we should talk about single people real quickly because there are issues, like, even when you think about it, like, should you pick up the check on the first date? Like, I definitely have opinions on this, um, but they're very different from what most people would think. Like, oh, there, I don't think there are hard choices. I think actually it should be your intention. Like, if you pick up the check on the first date, that's a message to that person, right? It's a message either I want to take care of you or it's a message I can take care of myself. If you don't pick up the check and you just expect them to, it's a message that um, maybe you want them to be the pro- little bit more of a provider for you. And we have examples throughout history of women that makes all those different various choices, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's important. I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way whatsoever, but it's really important before you get out there dating to, I call them the deal breakers, the five deal breakers of what's really important to you, not a preference, but what's really an expression of your truth. If you like to be the breadwinner and you like to pick up the check because you like when they, I don't know, fix the roof or mow the lawn or make love to you or take care of the kids or do whatever they do well, then be forthright about that. Be forthright in your profile and be forthright in your communication. So I personally love there to be this figure eight of flow. When I'm out in public, I love to be the girl. I'm in charge all day long. I'm taking care of people all day long. I'm in the masculine energy of supporting people all day long. I want someone to take me out. I'll give some suggestions if you want. I want you to pick up the check. I want to be the lady. That's just me. Not right, not wrong, but Atlanta. 
But I also like there to be this figure eight of flowing of like, and when you come over to the house, I'm going to make you the most amazing dinner. And I will give the, in the way that I like to give. And I'm very yeah. forthright about this. And I phrase it in ways like this. It makes me happy when. It makes me feel alive when. I feel supported by you when. The kind of dynamic mm. that works best for me is. And then ask once you tell them. And what's true for you? And how does it make you feel? And what would be your aligned agreement? And hopefully you'd already know through their profile of expressing what, what that is. I had the hardest time admitting that I wanted to be have someone pick up the coffee or the dinner because I'm in charge all day and I, I have all the staff and I take care of everybody. I felt right. it was weak or insecure. And so that, that was another little conversation I had with little you. And she's like, I'm not insecure. I'm just tired. And I just want to feel like the girl. But I really like to cook <laughs> dinner. Can you just tell them that? I go, okay, well, I'm just going to tell them that then, right? Um, yeah. And so appreciation is money, but it's also all the other ways we can appreciate ourselves and one another and be brave and be clear to set them up to win and be able to have these agreements that really work for you. Perfect, perfect. And I also want to just have your um, take on this as well. I think it's important not to overgive or also to be aware of, I mean, we certainly have seen a lot of women that are taken in by male financial predators, right? Like they woo them and then all of a sudden before, you know, you're writing checks left and right. And I've certainly seen women do this. So yes. there is a difference here, um, you know, and I don't know how people fall for that, but um, I'm sure that it has to be easier than we think. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it wouldn't be happening so much. So let's talk about boundaries and also, you know, like finding a way to understand that over, look, I, even now, like right now, if you know somebody that's about to lose their home, the right answer might not be give them a mortgage payment, mm -hmm. right? If they are in an unsustainable lifestyle, and you give them the mortgage payment and they hand it to the bank and then they get foreclosed on two months from now, you're not going to feel very good about that. Right. Yes. So, yes. you know, the conversation about, again, that things, um, the quick fix or thinking, you know, when too, when it's too much around money, like saving things rather than money as a gratitude or a flow. Yeah. or a sharing or something like that. I mean, like when I think about the woman who picks up the check, I think of more like Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip, right? She was absolutely a lot wealthier and had a lot more power, but what a partner she selected, right? And I'm sure it wasn't perfect. Um, and, you know, we certainly know of a few questionable dalliances that he may have had, but, you know, they did end up with this, um, what seems to be a pretty decent marriage, you know? Mm, yes. So in terms of giving, there's a giving that comes from an open heart and a giving that comes from a closed heart. The giving that mm. comes from an open heart is true generosity. And it's called, I call it more like a contribution where you give and you're willing to receive back. Like there's a flow to it because your heart is open. When you give from a heart that's closed, it's often a strategy, an agenda. Well, I'll do mm. this. You want something back. back. You want something back. You want them to have sex with you. You want them to appreciate you. You, you, there, you're, you're, it is not an equal transaction. And so in general, and this is a generality, women that overgive don't feel worthy of receiving. They mm. think they need to give to be loved, give to be approved of, give so that they are, won't cheat on me, 
whatever their story is, there's an agenda there. And so to slow down and really feel what is the source of my giving? Am I willing to value myself and have it come back? Or am I doing this so I can control something on the outside? Because I'm afraid if I don't, I'll lose something on the inside. So that again, is this really deep inner work to have a look at that part of you and not shame or judge that part of you, but go, okay, this needs to change because it's only going to continue over time. So that's what I see. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. I mean, I'm just picturing that little person in there that's doing this, not, you know, like giving, like, please give back to me, (laughs) you know, please do this for me rather than under, again, when you think about money as gratitude and that it could be time or it could be talent and all of these things have to be valued as well as the money, right? Then if you're not, I'm not saying that everything is quid pro quo, but certainly in a relationship, there has to be some sort of flow as you're saying, right? Like when you give to a stranger, it can be total, it's like true giving to a stranger is not expecting anything in return, but that's not in relationship though, right? Well, to me, you're, you're, there's there's two dance parties here. <laughs> so yes. we want them both to be giving in ways that energetically balance out. It doesn't have to be tit for tat with money equally, like I'll pay for dinner tonight, you pay for dinner tomorrow, not like that, but yeah. energetically as you give to receive back. So you're not coming from that sense of lack or agenda. Something I find a lot with women who are more successful and they've really been operating in their masculine um, and not as much in their feminine. The feminine energy in a man or a woman is about receptivity, allowance, having, receiving. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when we're in our masculine, we're more about doing and giving and showing up and speaking up, which is amazing. I do that all friggin' day, right? But if I don't also cultivate my capacity to receive, I'll start to overdo, overgive, over show up and then get resentful. Or maybe yeah. my feminine energy mm-hmm. is so shut down that I've forgotten how to trust. I've forgotten how to surrender. I've forgotten how to let go and let God. I've forgotten. So I do all the overgiving to control him because I'm terrified to surrender to him or to God or to anyone. Mm-hmm. And so to really tell the truth about are you, are we inside of ourselves balanced in a way that's healthy? financially and romantically with our giving and our receiving. So how do you feel? And we will be wrapping this up, but I actually would love to have you on again. So next time we'll have people with us so that we can solve some of their issues and listen to them, however they're willing to, to share. Sometimes people want to do this anonymously, as you well know, but how do you feel about these two phrases? I always use them for myself. And again, I'm Uh, for right now, I'm consciously single, but I still use it as my mantra. Sacred union, sanctuary home. One more time. Sacred union is my sanctuary at home? No, they're kind of separate. Like if I'm going to be partnered with someone, sacred Sacred union. union. Yep. Always sanctuary home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That your home is your, is where you should feel fulfilled and it kind of goes back to those toxic relationships right and by the way you don't have to divorce immediately if something is wrong in your relationship you can start doing the work but if the if the home is not a sanctuary for the children and for Mm -hmm. you I do feel that that's that's maybe something that you should fix whether it's go home to mom or send them home to dad or you know but anyway I want to get your take on this Mm, I love both of them yes so in terms of the don't get divorced right away. If you're getting the crap kicked out of you, leave tonight, right? But if there is a, a issues or conflict, 
that's actually a beautiful sign that there's work to do and you could become even closer. You become more whole in yourself and stronger and look back and go, we got through that and we're stronger than ever. Bring it life. We're bigger than any circumstance. So it's not a wrongness if there's a problem at all. It's to almost be expected. Okay. So there's no judgment there. Do the work. Because if you don't, and then you go attract somebody else, you're going to attract the same person in another body and you're going to be the same person. You're going to go create again. (laughs) probably worse. Okay. So always, always, always be willing to do the work first. Cause you'll either consciously uncouple or you'll, you'll get back together and be stronger than ever. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's that part sanctuary home. I love this. I remember the first condo I ever bought. My mom came over and she said, no one will come through this front door that you don't trust. And I was like, Whoa. <gasps> Thanks. Mom. Yeah, she didn't do that when she grew up, but by the time she was like watching me get divorced and this was now my first condo after the divorce, she had learned a thing or two as had I. And so yeah. the first thing is back to our intimate conversation with ourself. We don't let anybody in our vagina. <laughs> we don't let anybody into our heart or into our home that doesn't honor and respect us, but that's not possible if we don't love honor and respect ourselves. Okay. So that is going to be a way that you will, the inside creates the outside and then it creates the house and then it invites into the home, someone that respects you. And yes, when you don't have safety in your body, safety in your heart and safety in your home, and you walk on eggshells to me, that's like a vagina clench, like a Kegel (laughs) and the heart's closed and you're terrified all the time and your shoulders come up. And then you start to make really um, uneducated decisions because the worst of your brain is making the decisions and it's just a downward spiral. So honor your body, honor your heart, honor your home. And if you're, I don't know how old you are, but I'm in my fifties and we might just end up having two houses, whoever I end up meeting. I'm single as well right now. And there's nothing wrong with that to create a life that works for you. Two sanctuaries and a third home where we vacation together or we spend time at each other's houses. But you, we all require a room of our own, hopefully a home of our own, where we get to feel safe so we can hear our truth and know what we know. And then the sacred union is very much a similar conversations. Are we in a sacred communion with our body, with our intuition, with our little you? Are we in a sacred union with our money, um, our, all the things that we're grateful for, both materialistic and priceless, all of these relationships? And uh, whatever your belief is, spiritually or God or the universe, or if you're scientific and it's the field, it's still a relationship. It's still a figure eight relationship. Yeah. It's beautiful with the divine. And when you know and feel, not just think, remember it's image, thought, emotion, body, sensation. So you can see maybe nature is your divine partner but let yourself feel that because that literally changes your resonance to attract the best in money and in love and in all areas of your life alana let people know the best way to reach you if they Mm -hmm. want to start improving um you know again whether it's them their individual up leveling their relationship with self in order to attract that perfect divine um you know master or uh, mistress of light and also whether or not they want to just help to uplift their existing relationship. How can they reach out to you best? Oh, thank you, Natalie. Yes, my, my site is my name, alanapratt.com. And we have an incredible intimacy blind spot quiz. Remember how I said we only are aware of 5%? I can't see my blind spots either, so don't worry. And so this is a quiz that helps you go, oh, what's underneath the hood that could be running the show? What is the unhealed wound that's actually repelling love and money? Because that's going to give you a far bigger um, quantum leap in your life in all areas, as we said, physically, mentally, spiritually, 
vocationally, financially, parentally, socially, romantically, sexually, all of these areas stem from this intimate relationship with ourself. So when you slow down and figure this out and you do the work to heal it, you'd be amazed that you still have to show up and do the work, but right. everything begins to unfold with a lot more grace, a lot more ease, and you enjoy the process and the journey becomes the destination. You're not, oh, I need to accomplish this and get everything on the outside, which is a fear-based decision. You get to mm-hmm. receive it the vortex of just such a beautiful life, even in the face of everything that we're going through right now. So, so come to my site and let me love you. <laughs> Alanapratt.com with two L's, right? That's right. A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T.com. Perfect. I really enjoyed the conversation. It's so funny because I feel like, um, so, you know, we talk in, in maybe different terms, but I think the underlying core message is very, very, very compatico. Same. And I would love to have you on my podcast, Intimate Conversations, as well about our intimate relationship with money. So let's continue to support one another and our community. Happy to do it too. And um, okay, I'm going to go ahead and sign off with you and then I'll sign off with the crowd and we'll be in touch. So again, thank you guys for joining me today. And remember, when you want to learn more about or listen back to this podcast or listen back to or watch back this. I mean, Alana is so beautiful. You really want to watch it back. She's also very dynamic in her expressions. Um, YouTube.com forward slash Natalie Pace, the podcast, the easiest way to access that. Simply go to NataliePace.com and click on the Apple podcast right there. And it'll take you over and you can look at all the podcasts there once it pops up. And Last but not least, I am going to be inviting Alana to my retreat, but if you want to join us, remember, it's going to be in October, but you don't have to wait to October to start getting a better relationship with your budgeting and your investing to protect your wealth from, you know, the volatility that we're starting to see um, both in the economy and in the stock market. And in the real estate market, let's be let's be honest. So call our offices at 310-430-2397. You can email us at info at nataliepace.com. And again, the sooner you register for the October retreat, the sooner you get access to our four-part webinar on budgeting, on investing, how to protect your wealth, um, you know, what's safe in a debt world, all of the things that you need to make sure that you shore up. It's kind of like battening down the hatches when you see an economic storm on the horizon. Now is time. You know, it's really easy to make money in a bull market. And it's really easy to lose money in a recession. So now is the time to be the boss of your money and uh, to know what you own and why and not to blame others, but to get the plan that works. All right, we're here to help. Thanks again. Bye, Alana. Bye, thank you so much. <laughs>